I've through my journey just realized it's this emotional aspect and really loving and befriending all of our emotions, especially anger with women. Like connecting them to their anger is like connecting them to their power, the power to be able to create these boundaries around relationships, which will allow them to have even more beautiful relationships. Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast, where we focus on health and wellness and overcoming all types of addictions. You're in the right place if you're a mom, dad, sibling, or caregiver who has a loved one who is or was struggling with an eating disorder or any other kind of addiction. In a time where everything seems heavy, I'm here to bring you a very real yet lighthearted take on what the heck we're all supposed to do with our lives while we care for our loved ones who are struggling. One thing holds true throughout it all. You can't juggle the chaos without smiling, at least a little bit. Well, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Moira Gorski. So glad that you are here. Another really fun day for me where I get to uh, bring you a guest that we're going to talk about and um, some really awesome things. And I hope you find some value in it. You know, I probably have shared this before, but you know, part of the reason why I started this podcast was, you know, kind of selfishly for me, because I know that it's been quite a struggle with uh, my life as being a mother of somebody that's been struggling with um, a life-threatening mental health uh, disorder. And um, I've done a lot of things that have helped me come back to me. And um, I continue to love to learn. And um, as I meet other people along my journey of life, I just, um, again, I'm always intrigued to learn more. And as I learn, um, I hear that you know, in myself that like, wow, I should have, I should share this person with others too. And so that's my guest today too, is again, somebody that I've met along the way. Um, she reminded me that we met at a yoga practice that was outside in uh, locally here to both of us. And uh, as it would be, I, you know, got talking to her afterwards and learned about what she did and love that she is a um, naturopathic doctor. She's a Reiki practitioner and um, I took myself to her office to get a Reiki um, session. And again, we've just started to develop a really nice relationship. We kind of lost touch for a couple of years and then um, we're back in touch. So, so Sarah Jacari is here. She is, like I said, she's a naturopathic doctor, but that's really not what she is doing because as she continued to practice and see people, she just really was tapping into her intuition and realizing that um, there was more to helping people than uh, maybe just physical ailments that they might have been going through that she was learning. Uh, she became it. She did become a Reiki master. She studied with a shaman to just really better understand that intuition she was feeling and um, got a Mac master's of acupuncture to understand all those energetic um, pathways in the system. And um, again, I love this because I'm learning this myself that the energies our energies and our emotions get stuck in our tissues, and then that can contribute to our uh, physical ailment. So, you know, Sarah's going to talk about everything she's passionate about. But again, what I love and what I've loved um, getting to know her is that she's helping women discover their emotional intelligence, getting to be friends with their emotions instead of being afraid of them. Again, I'm doing that myself. So again, love to share her with you and what she's doing. And um, she's gone through her own journey and she's helping other people. And again, that's what I love to do is to share. Everybody's got a story. And, um, you know, 
if we can embrace our story and embrace our lives and be brave enough to share that with others, we can really inspire others and inspire that hope into others. And Sarah does that um, every day. So thank you. I'll stop talking and um, introduce <laughs> Sarah. Um, thank you for joining me today on the podcast. I'm really thrilled and really thrilled to just have a conversation here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and happy to be here. Yes, absolutely. I am too. So um, again, we start with people's stories and you do have a story um, of some struggle and eating disorder and things like that. So let's um, start there with um, kind of your story or how things started to unfold for you in the midst of your struggle. And, um, you know, we'll just start there and then continue on as you've moved into recovery and what you're doing today and what you've learned and things like that. Okay, sounds good. So my story has a lot of denial in it, and I'm still uncovering denial as like right here and now in this present moment. And um, I guess I'll start kind of in the beginning. And long story short, I grew up in a dysfunctional household where there was a lot of dysfunctional ways of being and thinking that were going on with my parents. And I remember as a child, I was just like, I this constant thought would go through like, why this doesn't make any sense why is this what i have to do right now and um it was very military esque so it's like my bed had to be made perfectly like bounce a quarter off and if it wasn't it got completely stripped down and i had to redo it or it's like i'd go be so excited cuz i got a 95 on my spelling test but then the response from my parents was well why didn't you get 100 and so there's this theme of just not being good enough and not you know, not equating to this uh, unrealistic expectation that my that my parents had. And the way that I perceived that was like, I can never do anything to be good enough. And so I, I basically, I think that the, the eating disorder happened when started when I was young, but I never fully admitted it until just a few years ago, actually. And what happened was, um, I guess I'll, I'll say like when I was younger, I, I do remember when I was developing into like womanhood, I remember there being like parts of my body where it would grow. And I'm like, what is this? And I remember asking my mom, like, mom, like this is when I move my body like this, like all this like bulges out, like what's happening? And my mom's like, Sarah, that's your organs. I'm like, oh, well, I don't like the way it feels and I don't like the way it looks. And so at night before I would go to bed when I was probably like 12 or 13 and I'd sit there and I'd do like sit-ups and push-ups and I'd like try to like work off and because I didn't like the way that my body was forming. And so at that time, my I confided in my mom about it and my mom didn't really say much. We have a history of like depression in our family that it's, it goes unmanaged. It's just kind of part of life and it just became normalized. And so my mom didn't really delve into like saying that I had an eating disorder or body image issues. It was just kind of like whatever pushed under the rug, but then she would go and talk to my grandma about it. And then my grandma would say things to me. And then I'd be like, what the heck is going on? And I just felt like I was so alone because I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could confide in anyone. So let's, Fast forward to, I, I graduated with my bachelor's from Western Michigan University, and then I moved to Illinois by myself and started the naturopathic medicine program. And my whole thing, the whole theme is I, I can never be good enough because I, good enough is perfect. Like you have to be perfect. 
And so basically this program that I was in was so, so hard and I was here and I was alone and, and I didn't really know a lot of people. And I was just in this intense program and I ended up losing about 20 pounds the first in those first four months of school. And I went home and, and my family is like, Sarah, what's wrong? What's happening? Like, I can see the bones in your face. Like you're completely changed. What's going on? And I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I'm stressed. I just have a low appetite. So then zoom forward a couple of years of staying at that same weight, thinking that I just had a low appetite and not really understanding what was happening. I got into the uh, Reiki and meditation and really taking time for myself every single day to just tune into my body. And what happened was I, I had an awful, awful day. I'm laying in bed, so mad at myself for the way that I acted, for the situations that were happening in my life. And I, my stomach was just, I was so hungry. I hadn't eaten all day and it's like probably nine o'clock at night and I'm laying there and I'm just like, I can't eat, but I'm so hungry. I should, I should get up. I should eat. And as I go to get up to eat, I heard this voice come online that said, you don't deserve to eat. And it was the first time that I had heard that voice. And the first time that I realized, whoa, I think I have a problem here. I think I truly have a problem. Because all the way up until that point, I had other people telling me that I was wrong and I was just fighting against them. Like, no, I'm not wrong. Like, you're just being judgmental and whatever. So once that voice came online, I was like, whoa, but it took me months before I confided in anyone that this was going on. I was so scared. I felt so much shame about it. Like I should be strong enough. I should be able to get through this. And so basically I, I waited and then I started confiding in, in close friends and then my family and started opening up about it more. And I felt more acceptance with it and everything and would just do my best to eat. It was just like, okay, Sarah, you just, you just need to eat. That's all, you know, you're aware of it now. So now you just need to eat. That's not what happened like this. We all know that's not how this thing right. works, right? So, <laughs> so basically I, I went probably a year and a half in that mindset of like, things are fine. I'm aware of it now. It's good. Not gaining any of the weight I needed to gain back or anything. And I really think that it was, I, and then I started the masters of acupuncture. I was in a rough waters again. And then I had this awful uh, fight with my family and it just triggered. So like I lost even more weight. And I, at this point, I think I was below a hundred pounds. I think I was like 98 or something and at the doctors and they're like, Oh, you have a small frame. And, and, but my heart rate was really high. I was having palpitations. Like my temperatures were like fluctuating. I was getting like, like hot sweats and then I was fine. And so they're thinking that I'm fine. And it's just because I, mean, I ended up having a bladder infection and they're like, oh, like that's probably what it is. But inside, like I knew it's like, no, this is the eating disorder. Like you're, you're not okay. And so um, I was on the phone with my, my coach and I'm kind of talking about this doctor experience and he is a recovering alcoholic himself. And so he was able to kind of take me through one of the steps of where it's like, surrender to being powerless to this thing. Like, are you powerless right now? And like, do you have any control over your eating disorder? Do you have control? And it, right then and there, it's just waterworks, the whole, the whole thing. And I'm just like, no, I'm completely powerless. There's nothing that I can do to change this. As much as I want to force myself to eat, there's nothing that I can do. 
And so from there, it was like, okay, well, we need to set up recovery. Like how, what are you going to do? What's your plan? And um, from there, I did join a 12-step program. And that's, that's what I use now as in recovery. And like I said, I'm still going through these layers of denial because actually the, when we reconnected a few weeks ago and we had the conversation about all of this, I left that conversation and realized that I have, I have publicly shared and I do publicly talk about having an eating disorder, but I realized that I did that so that I control pe- people's perception of my eating disorder so that they couldn't have their own perception of, of me with it. And it was like, whoa, Sarah, like what's going on? And, and then also you, you had mentioned, you know, we all kind of have this similar theme to our stories. And I was like, I, yeah. And it just made me surrender again to, yes, you really, you really do have an eating disorder. This is part of, part of you, part of your story. And at this point, I'm all about integration um, in, in my work with, with clients. I'm integrating their, the parts that they don't like about their self. It's like, let's give that love because once we can give that love, it can be an integrated part of you and it no longer has this control over you. So that's what I'm working with on, on my, for myself is how can I love this this reflex for me, this reflex of not eating, how can I, how can I love this part and integrate it into me? And, and so that it doesn't have this control over me. And so, um, along with the 12 steps, it's, I'm also doing, um, inner child healing work. And that's a lot of the work I do with people as well, where it's like these emotions, these, these, um, for me, a lot of the time it happens just when I'm watching Netflix or something, there'll, there will be a scene that happens and it's almost as if I can feel what that person must've been feeling. And a lot of times for me, it's shame. And so it's like, I start to feel, it triggers my shame online. And so I'll pause the, the TV and I'll be like, okay, Sarah, I'll put my hand on my heart. And I'm like, okay, you're feeling this lean in because if you can just feel this, like be in such uncomfortable, an uncomfortable state and just feel it, you can release that energy from your body. And so that's what I, that's part of what I do for myself is I just sit there and and really feel into it. And my partner, Ryan, he's incredible with, with all of this. And I'll just the other day, this actually happened. So I sat there and I was like, Hey, I'm experiencing this right now. Like, can you just listen to me and like hold space for me right now? I really need to process this. And so I start talking about the way that I'm feeling and he's just sitting there just listening, not saying anything, just listening. And, and I'm like, I'm feeling this. And then I'm like, oh, and I'm having this memory come online and this is the memory. And then all of a sudden a suppressed memory popped out the other day and it just totally like took over my emotions and I just felt all of that pain that I had suppressed. And then it was like, I was in it for maybe five minutes, but then afterwards it was like, whoa, like I had a complete release and an energetic shift. And it was like, okay, I am safe. I am here. I am okay. And I've noticed that I've had three major episodes like that this year. And I've noticed that every single time that's happened, I've shifted my energy in the relationship I have with the eating disorder has shifted as well. 
So it's like right after that happened, I, I had a really hard time eating that whole day. And then that happened and it was like, where's all the food? Like I can eat now and I can make myself this delicious, like healthy meal and nutritious for my body. And I don't, it doesn't feel like all of this work that I have to do. It's like, I want to give this to myself as a gift. Yeah. There's so, I mean, there's so much, such, such, <laughs> such good stuff. And again, very, very similar stories that others have. And again, really unique to you as well, of course. And, um, you know, that denial piece, the fear piece, the not being good enough. Again, I mean, anybody listening, can you just raise your hand if you've <laughs> felt any of that? I mean, I think we all have. And um, I just, I want, I just took a few notes that I wanted to make sure I mentioned when you talk about, you know, hearing that voice and, you know, I don't want people to think like, oh, we're a bunch of crazies hearing voices, but, you know, those kind of things, it, it definitely happens that, and I've heard it through my daughter, I've heard it through others that, like you hear these things and sometimes the voices right are not good and sometimes they're not helpful and sometimes they are and oftentimes they're not. And I was even dealing with this with myself. And again, you don't have to have an eating disorder to hear a voice that's not supportive of you and your health. I've heard the same things about, again, not being good enough and not being worthy and we're not worthy of success with my business or, you know, different things like that. So, and yet, as I heard that, I thought about um, a um, audible audio book that I'm listening to. I don't know if you know Gabby Bernstein at all. Yeah. 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 And so I um, am listening to her newer book called You Are the Guru. Oh, it's really good. And um, again, one of those intuition type of things are universe things. I mean, I was talking with one of my friends and colleagues and she gave me a call and we just got caught up. And she said that, you know, I had introduced her to Audible years ago. She said, I'm so thankful because I'm listening to this other book now and it's great. So she told me about that. I'm like, I think I know that book. Well, sure enough, I hop on the treadmill like another day or two. And I'm like, oh, I have it in my library. And I picked, I opened it up and I had listened to part of it. And when I started to listen, I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I need to hear today. <laughs> and part of what she talks about is in the st is being still to hear those voices and the voices that will move us forward, you know? And she talks about in the stillness, um, I can, I think I have it on my little card over here because I wrote it down as just a wonderful thing to say each day. In the stillness, I await the next right action. You know, and just that idea that we do need to find a time to get still. She talks about how we're so busy with life. And um, I don't know, perhaps that was going on with you, that you were busy with life and you were getting your education and you were doing great and all that. And yet you didn't, maybe didn't find time to be still to hear that the good voices or the bad voices and just that, like the reality of what was right? And what, what yeah. was going, you know, going on. Yeah. Um, and I just, again, I love that. I don't know if it's called parts work that you do or the inner child or whatever. And regardless of what it's called, again, things that I've been working on um, through this mindfulness-based stress reduction course that I'm taking is that just what you said, like you feel like we feel like we allow, our, when we can allow ourselves to feel that emotion and let it come up be it good, bad, whatever it is, and just sit there with it, feel it, acknowledge it, and then we can let it go. And what a beautiful gift you can give yourself when you can do that. 
Like feel that, like what are you, like pause, like pause life for a second, right? Pause the Netflix, mm-hmm. pause the TV, pause life and say, what is this? Right. And just get through that. And if you can feel that, then you can, you know, you can let it go. Yeah, absolutely. So something that you said about the voices too, sorry, I'm, I'm in the city, got some sirens. My dog might start barking. That's okay. Um, <laughs> so, so something about the voices, something I've realized is that a lot of the voices that are actually controlling our actions are voices that have been online for so long that we've drowned them out. And so that was what I, you know, the voice I heard where it's like, you don't deserve to eat. It's like, that was the voice that was controlling, you know, not eating that I just didn't even know was there. And so that's a lot of the work I do and why I find meditation so powerful is that it, it shows us these, these voices that are controlling things behind the scenes that if we can become aware of it and we notice when we're doing that thing, we can re, you know, change our mindset and like shift those voices and, and say, nope, like that was an old pattern, you know, not serving me anymore. Um, Mm-hmm. and re- refocus and refocus. Yeah. I know that again, that's work that people do with addictions, with eating disorders. And it's work that, that I work on every day too. And I've been working on for the last couple of weeks with something that's come up about just, again, those voices, you know, somebody challenged me, a coach that I was talking with, somebody challenged me, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you thinking about? And why are you thinking that way about you know, yourself in that way. And I'm like, well, I, you know, and just that realization that, as they said to me, like, can you see who's standing in your way? You know, it was something that I wanted to make a choice about doing or not. And I was so conflicted. And so many people that I talked to about it, um, which I think I do tend to do, maybe it's a woman thing, but it's like, I want to talk to everybody about it and like, talk about it and then justify it and all that. And everybody that I shared it with, they said, well, you should do it. And I was so conflicted. I'm like, well, maybe not. And this friend said, do you see what's standing in your way? I'm like, apparently it's me, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And I think again, be it that you have a disorder or you're just trying to get through life. Many times we listen to those voices. And as a result, we stop ourselves, we block ourselves from really living that life that, you know, that truly blessed, beautiful life, Yeah. you know, that we can be, you know, living like, you, you know, you talk about like befriending those emotions, helping women befriend those emotions and not be afraid of, right. of that. Yep. That's yeah. what my coach says to me too. He's like, Sarah, get out of your own way. Like just, mm-hmm. you're the one that's there. But it is, it's like this, this, we're on this journey of integration, of integrating the bad parts and the good parts and making it all be okay. And I have this mentor that says, we're all flawsome. Like mm. we all have flaws and we're awesome anyway. We're flawsome. It's all welcome. Right, right. And like you grew up, I mean, the flaws were not acceptable, right? right? And um, many of us have grown up that way or uh, still get in relationships um, where being less than perfect is not enough. Or as I've interviewed many people here, you know, they're, they're an athlete or they're in some type of, you know, the skating or dancing or whatever the case is, and they have to be perfect. And when you're just not enough, you know, you look for something to control, right? And that, um, 
that really does in the end block you from living, you know, living your best, yeah. your best life. Yeah. Yep. I like to talk. And if you're, if you're open about it, um, I do like to talk a little bit about relationships and, you know, relationships that you had with your parents and stuff, because again, I know I'm a mother sitting here with, um, children that have struggled and, and also my relationship with my parents and, you know, those kind of things. And I know that there's always hope for, I know that these type of things impact relationships. I'll Mm -hmm. say that. And I know that there's always hope for a change to that. So can you speak a little bit too? Cause it sounds like you were, had some tough relationships with your, with your parents during this time. And can you just speak a little bit to that and how that's changed or improved or struggles with that still? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I had a really hard upbringing where I was fighting with them all the time. And then I went away to college and it's almost like, uh, it's like I, I was so thankful for the way that they raised me in college because they did set me up. They equipped me well for life in like the practical sense of getting things done, you know, and being responsible in that way. And I was very thankful for that. But there was this low-level anger that I just wasn't allowing myself to feel. And the past, probably the past like six years, I've slowly been making friends with my anger. And that has allowed me to finally voice my truth to my parents and finally to lean into being so angry at the way that they did treat me. And it's it's not that I had to go at them and say like, you did all of this and I want you to fix it. Cause it's at this point, they can't do anything, but I was mad. And so I, what I did is I just separated myself, saw them only a few times a year, like didn't really communicate anymore. I was just a, a loner. Like I just have, I just split a bit. And recently I, I, there was a, a situation last fall, actually, that kind of was like the, the, top of my anger. And I just felt so, so angry and so unsupported and so frustrated with, with my family and, um, with my parents. And, and what happened was I, I felt, and I leaned into all of that anger. And then there was a point this summer where it's like, finally, I just had released and like put it all out there. I put it all out on the line, all the stuff that I was mad at. And there was, it was like, this thing just cracked and slowly compassion came in and I felt so much, um, so much more love and, and, and sadness because it made, I realized, you know, my parents did that to me because their parents did that to them. And so they were probably feeling that, I mean, they are feeling all of this suppressed emotion. That's just, they're kind of just stuck in that. And it's like, I cracked out of that, but they're still kind of there. And it's like, I need to have compassion for where they're at. And, and I mentally had known this for a while, but it was just this past summer where I finally felt it. And mm-hmm. I was finally able to express that to them as well. And now um, we're working on rebuilding our relationship and really coming back together in a way that both of our boundaries, all of our boundaries are respected. So that it's, I'm not putting expectations on ways that they need to be. And they're not putting expectations on the way I need to be. And yeah, we're, we're just coming back together again. Yeah, that's, that's, that's nice. And that word comes up again, uh, that of boundaries, you know, Mm. so often that within, um, 
you know, disorders and whatnot, the boundaries are just in codependency, which I talk about often because I live in that, have been living in that space. You know, those boundaries are just not, they're not respected. They're not, they're just not, they're just not healthy. And so I love that you brought that up because that again is often what you have to relearn of how you're going to set your own boundaries to, um, because boundaries are how, uh, we, um, teach other people how to treat us. Is that the way they say it? Yeah. Right. And I heard in there perhaps a little bit of forgiveness, you know, and I talk often is that forgiveness is not about the other person, you know, I mean, it's really about, again, speaking from my own, my own, uh, experiences, again, my relationship with my parents, I mean, they're still alive and, but, I've come to a point of forgiveness and just putting some of that stuff just away. Again, realizing that, again, what is this? That's part of what um, this mindfulness-based stress reduction course is teaching me is just that allowing and like, or not, not, well, allowing and then noticing. Like when something happens and it's kind of, it reminded me when you talked about like the Netflix, like, hey, I'm noticing that something's happening here and I'm feeling this. And then, as I said, with my parents, it's just kind of like, sometimes it's like, it's just not like they did the best they could. And I want, as my parents continue to age and I know they're not going to be on this heaven, this earth for, you know, forever. Like, I just want it to be like, like to end well, you know, I want it to, I want my time with them to be just one of love and like, it's okay. And you know what, like you said, they kind of did the best they could and these generational patterns of behaviors they continue on. I mean, that's why they're generational. You know, they did, they were acting that way. My parents were acting that way because of something that happened to them and, and, you know, on and back and back and back and back. So learning to just kind of let that go. And I I heard you say love in there too, and just leading from a place of love. And, um, but again, being brave enough to want to try to come back and say, Hey, you know what? I'd like to have a relationship with you. And yet I'd like it to be a little bit different. You know, yeah. so how can we do that right together? Yeah. Yeah. So you're really now working to help other, I mean, do you mostly work with women with what you do? And yep. Yeah. I focus on women. Yep. I really just, I mean, I had some like weird experiences with men. It's not to say that I won't absolutely won't work with them, but I just feel more comfortable working with women. And, and I took a long time gaining the clarity of how to best help people because, you know, I did graduate as a naturopathic doctor and, and I didn't really want to practice in that way. So I've had to make up, you know, my own way of helping people in the way that I am meant to. And so I've, through my journey, just realized it's this emotional aspect and really loving and befriending all of our emotions, especially anger with women like connecting them to their anger is like connecting them to their power, the power to be able to create these boundaries around relationships, which will allow them to have even more beautiful relationships and be able to create this life that they love based on boundaries, based on putting in the proper boundaries. Like you said, where it's, it's, you're, you're telling the universe, the world, how you want to be treated and how you want to be in the world through your boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I've just found connecting to anger, connecting to that sacred, like, this is what I need and being like firm in that 
it's like when women shy away from their anger, they're not able to be in that power. So that's why I'm so passionate about, about all of that. Yeah, I've never really heard it that way with the anger and the power and all of that. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you, like, do you have, um, of course, not using any names. I mean, do you have an example of how you've been able to help like a particular, you know, woman, like a particular case? Or do you have like, like three top tips of things that you always really encourage women to to work on or things like that, that um, you could share so that people can, you know, kind of understand a little bit more how you help others and if it might be helpful, you know, for them. Yeah. I have this one client who had a very dysfunctional, traumatic childhood and she was stuck in, like she could mentally talk about what had happened and she had been in therapy for a long time, but she was, she, she wasn't in her body. She wasn't feeling anything. She was basically like numb in her body, but she knew all of this stuff that was happening and she could talk about it just fine, but it wasn't triggering any emotion in her. And I met her at a workshop I held where, um, you know, she's into like the energetic, like the Reiki and the, the energy and all of that. And so she signed up to, to work with me. And this was before I had really honed in on the emotional aspect, but just while I was working with her, she, I was, I do like distance, I do zoom calls and then I do distance energy work as we're, you know, she's telling me her story and I'm doing some holistic counseling around that. And as she's telling me her story, I'm doing energy work and she, I'm in the questions that I ask people, I'm, I'm not, I don't know how it happens yet. I'm still learning so much, but it's like, I asked her this question and I wish I could remember what I asked. But all of a sudden she started to feel, and she was scared. She was like so scared that she, this, this um, sadness was coming online for her. And I'm like, it's okay. I have you, I have energetically, I have you right now. So lean into that. I I really want you to lean into this emotion right now and tell me what you're feeling. Like just talk about it. And so through just small moments like that over time, she now has, now she knows what she's feeling. She's able to distinguish the feeling that she has. She's able to feel and process the emotion and she's able to release it from her body without, you know, shoving it down. Like I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. It's like now she has the ability to just be with it and how it's transitioned in her life is she's now setting those boundaries and she's creating this um, she has, doesn't have a good relationship with her her mom or her parents, and she's now able to say, you know, like this isn't okay. When you do this, it makes me feel like this, and I just I can't I can't do this anymore. I can't be in a relationship like this anymore. How can we shift? How can we change it? So she's she's really the one client of mine who's really highlighted exactly how like connecting to the emotions affects the boundaries, how it affects the relationships. And now she's creating this life that she wants to be living that she didn't know if she'd be able to get all through creating these boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you talk about like some, some things that, that women can do just in the here and now, I would say really tuning into your body every single day and just there's, there's not anything that you need to do. Just sit there and close your eyes and just notice your breath and your body and just see how you feel today and just really just notice how you feel. And, and if you just sit there for a little bit, if any emotion comes up, let it be there. And 
don't try to figure it out either. Like just allow it to flow through you. And if you do want to know what it's about, then just ask, like, if I meant to know what this is about, please show me now. And it, you might not get an answer right then and there. You might not, um, even for a couple of days, you might not get an answer. But if you keep asking, you'll, you'll, you'll eventually be shown and it, it all will eventually be revealed to you. Yeah. It's true. I, I agree with you. I I completely agree with you. And that's a great, yeah, that's a great example of, you know, of, and beautiful work that, that you do. And just that idea that it doesn't have to be like when we talk about meditating and meditation has become a big part of my life and my morning routine and sometimes my nighttime routine, but just um, giving yourself permission to sit. And it doesn't have to be fancy and you don't have to have a fancy app or like some meditation pillow or whatever, you know, you can just sit and breathe and just notice like, what am I feeling? And what is that? And again, then connecting and asking your higher power or asking the air or whatever you want to believe in. It's like, um, what am I supposed to learn from this? Or like, what is this all about? And again, I just encourage listeners to just try that and just try to not be so like, that doesn't make sense. Because again, they've heard my podcast before, like, when this intuition, when I've learned about that, it, like, sometimes it doesn't make sense. I'm like, ah, but when you lean into it, like you said, that um, it's really interesting, the, the things that start to unfold in your yeah. life. And it's, it's, um, it can be exciting. And I love, again, when we have people like you, and I love when people say that they hold space for others. And so I encourage my listeners, you know, if you need some help with this, or you want somebody to be there along with you, like I've said in past episodes, you know, reach out to Sarah, you know, she can be there alongside of you and hold that space to say, here, I hold space for you. Let's figure this out together. Let me guide you through that. That's what I do in my wellness practice. Hey, I've been doing this for a long time. Let me guide you. You don't have to go it alone. And um, because we both believe that as we continue through this journey of life and conquer these things, if you will, or work with them, we can, you know, live a much, you know, the life that we deserve you know, Absolutely. and one filled with, like you said, with somebody, you standing in your power and not in a bad way power, but just standing in the power of you as your full you and all of that. I want to make sure that we um, don't talk forever because we could, you know, <laughs> you yeah. and me would get on the phone and we talk. Um, yeah. But I know that you're up to some other things too, besides the wonderful you work with that you do with women. So why don't you share what you're, because you had shared before we went on line, line here that, um, that you're working on something that's coming up. Yes, I'm launching my own podcast and I'm super excited about it. It's called Inner Bitch, Inner Truth, and it's all about helping women connect to their emotions. So my plan for this show is to share my own story and share how actually befriending my anger is exactly what I needed to do in order to stand in, in my power, to be able to create those boundaries with the relationships in my life. And then also get other women on the show and talk about their journeys and how they have evolved with their own emotions and, and just the, the journey that they have taken. Um, and also, I think I'm going to throw in there, I, I can read tarot, like intuitively read tarot. And I, I think I'm going to add in there like a weekly guidance. So like every Sunday, just do a reading for the energy of the week, like, you know, what to be on the lookout for. And um, just also probably throw in some practical, effective mindfulness uh, practices that you can implement throughout your day without the need of 
anything like the, you know, just simply sitting there and being with your emotions, um, just giving out tools that I use with, with clients will be part of that podcast as well. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, that's exciting. I'm excited for you. I'm so yeah. excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if when this when this episode, um, you know, airs, if you've got that out, again, it'll be in the, the show notes, or at least certainly the name of it. So you can go look around for it and find it too. But I mean, you know how much I love, I love podcasts It's such a great way to get, just get a story out or get some, like you said, some tips or just some fun stuff out there for people to listen to so that they can learn. Um, so that's really that's really exciting. You know, as we kind of wrap things up today, Sarah, any kind of last words that you'd want to want the listeners to hear or things that, you know, you want to make sure that, that um, you've shared that, that you think is important to be, to be heard? Yeah, I think, um, I think a lot of people think that like spirituality and personal development is all about being like your best self. But what I've really found is it's, it's all about being okay with what is and just accepting exactly what is and loving yourself for in this moment. And I know that I've heard that I've heard people say this before and, and before it never really was able to sink in for me, but it's like, it's, it really is true. Like even on your very worst days, you are still worthy of love and you are still whole even on your worst days and, and all of you is welcome. All of you is okay. And it's okay to love every single aspect of yourself. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so true. All of, yeah, all of you is okay. And um, as I said in a past time, you know, if our life was um, a movie and it was all the same, you know, nobody would be watching it, you know, it would be kind of boring. Right. So we've got the ups and the downs and the good and the bad, and that's all, it's all okay. And I certainly know from my life journey that when I look back on, um, the hard times I've learned so much from there and I wouldn't change a thing, you know? And um, yeah. So I'm so glad. I'm just blessed that you could come and share some time with us today, Sarah. And um, again, you'll have all of her connection information in the, um, in the show notes because you do have, what's your website that people can find you at? Sure. It's sarahjacarynd.com. So I know that's not easy to spell, but I'll have to look in the show notes. But <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the links yeah. will be down there. So, um, yeah. um, and you can connect with Sarah there. And um, again, just thank you for being here. I really do appreciate it. And I know that the listeners got great value as I always do. Cause again, part of this is for me as well. And I just like, love to be, con- be connected with other women that are in this space of spirituality and self-discovery and um as we wrap it up, just, you know, for you listening, it's just know that it's okay, uh, again, to feel your emotions. And, you know, I think about that when you said that it's like so much. And again, my own experience, we live in our heads. And what we need to do often is just come down to our heart and connect with our heart and feel that and um, really know that we can create a life that we love when we do that. So again, thanks again, Sarah. Thanks for listening, you listeners that come back all the time. And um, again, if you have a, have a story to share um, or someone that you think would be a great guest, please do send them my way. Again, you'll find all that information in the show notes of how to connect with me. And again, I really do appreciate you coming back. Very grateful for all the listeners and the time that we spend here. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. 
share it with others, and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know, as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.